Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. Thank you again for taking the time from your busy day, from your calendar, again, with all that's going on in the world. And let me, let me kind of break in and go on a, a, a quick riff here. Folks, we have to do better. Please. Yes, yes, yes. The virus. Your PSA of today. Please, please, please. If you have to go out, please wear a mask. If you're going to the beach, if you're going anywhere, please wear a mask. Uh, the numbers, ladies and gentlemen, are uh, they were around 20,000 in March. Now they've gone up to 60,000 new cases a day, ladies and gentlemen. Please take good care of yourself, if not for you, for your family, for your friends. I know it's summertime. I heard the R word this week in Florida, revolt. I know people are very upset. They want it. They're used to their freedom. They're not used to being curtailed. I understand that. Particularly with the younger folks, uh, the, the, the big uh, demographic uh, this last couple of weeks since the 4th of July is the uh, age group from 20 to 40. We all understand and it's going to take time and going to take patience. I think what I saw, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people say it's, 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 it's not really there. Some people say it's just a political thing. A virus is not political. A virus is a virus. So until, until we have a vaccine, a proven vaccine that works, ladies and gentlemen, please use your mask. Please social distance. So again, I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to the show. I'm new to this. Uh, from the first show, we talked about me doing radio and how I loved radio and uh, a little bit of a potpourri of where I come from and why I do what I do. And I, I think the show is an important show. It's called The Bridge of Acceptance. Do you remember, ladies and gentlemen, we all do, but just take a second. And where were you at on September 11th when the fit hit the shan? I'll never forget. I was in Ohio. Uh, urban, uh, rolling beautiful hills, just beautiful fall day. Everything was crisp and green. The leaves were changing. It's just a beautiful day. And I've been traveling an awful lot and was very tired, but I, I came in a half a day early so I can just drive and relax. And I always, uh, when I, when I do public speaking, I always, I'm always there on scene an hour, hour and a half early. So I get to know the host. I bug them to death. I always want to know, what do you want? What do you want? What can I do? What can I say? I feel like a baseball pitcher. I don't really care about the game. I'm weird. I carry about. I, I I care about every pitch I throw, which is exhausting <laughs> to me. And the people I'm really trying to like. I'm looking for this one thing I want to give them. I want everybody to walk out feeling proud of their work. I want them to go home and mend fences. I want them to call their sister that they haven't talked to in months. I want them to 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 reach out one more time for that relationship. To try to have love work. And I remember the sheriff came in, and I, I thought he was going to fall right on his face. And he sat down. I said, sir, what's wrong? He says, you won't believe it. A, a, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And, and my instant thought was, oh, it's an accident. It's an accident. Come on. It's an accident. Because I remember, uh, I even told him, I said, sir, in the late 40s, it was like 48 or 49, there was a prop plane that hit the, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, what's the tall the tall building in New York City? The Empire State Building. It was an accident. Empire State Building, an accident. And he says, "No, another plane hit the World Trade Center." I'm going to stop. That's it. It's no, 
No, no, no, no. And I didn't see the news. He was getting it from his radio going back and forth. And we both decided the best thing to do since so much was happening. When there's a crisis situation, sometimes you have to let things kind of settle. Otherwise, you can kind of, it's called incident within an incident. You can make the crisis work worse. So we decided for me to do the program. Did the program. And then we all went to the uh, uh, TV. And all we saw over and over and over and over and over, the tower's falling. The tower's falling. The tower's falling. And you get, you get numb and shocked at that. But I was in denial. There's no way we can get it. Not uh, It doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen to us. That's the same thing with the virus. I was, I was driving around in February going up, up and down the California coast. I mean, how stupid was that? And this was in February. Again, when the fit was really hitting the sham, we're bringing people over from China to March Air Force Base in Southern California, to San Antonio Air Force Base in Texas, to other places. It's, it's, it's normal. Here's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it's a divorce, an accident, a medical situation, maybe a loss of a job, some loss, there's steps. There's steps. And this is based on psychology. I know you know this, but let's address this. This might help us deal with the virus. There's, there's anger. It can't happen to me. I won't let it happen to me. There's there's, 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 there's anger, ladies and gentlemen. There's the denial with the anger. You know, again, it can't happen to me. can't happen to us. can't happen here. Not to my family. Not my job. Not this relationship. No. And then there's the bargaining. Please take me back. Please, 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 please. I'll do whatever you want. I'll work extra hours to keep the job. I'll take a little bit less pay. I won't ask for promotion. I'll keep my mouth shut. Please take me back. We'll go to counseling. We'll go to therapy. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Please, 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 please. Everybody does it. It's normal human behavior. Then there's depression. I'm not good enough. How come they don't respect me? I'm better than that. They don't see that. You know, with depression, you want you're, you, you, go, you go into cocoon mode. Even though you're sleeping, I mean, your mind's still going a million miles a minute. And then, you know, you maybe have a tendency for, for, for more alcohol consumption or drugs or other things that you really, that isn't healthy for you or a healthy lifestyle. And then finally, after you exhaust, and it doesn't, it's usually a pattern, but sometimes they, they, they intermingle in a sense. And then sooner or later, we have to accept the fact. Now, I kind of said it on the last show, and, and I really don't want to get into it. But, you know, I try to be as genuine as possible. I do not walk on water. I'm, I am not perfect in any way. I'm the biggest clutch you'll ever meet. As I tell people, I'm the smartest idiot you'll ever meet. But last year was the worst year of my life. And for me to say that is huge. Huge. Two unexpected losses, unexpected events at the time. But now that I've had time and tide, as we say, to step back, to process everything right and wrong, I can see how they both happened. And on one, I take a lot of responsibility. There's something I love when I work with people in program. 
people new and into recovery. I get more out of them than they, than I give them. God bless them. You see, we, we have to keep what was called our side of the street clean. This, this means you're not overly judgmental of everybody else in the world around you. Just take care of your house, or as I say, take care of you. Mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, uh, whatever. Take care of you. Let everybody else just chickens run around without their head. That's their business. But there's another saying is you have to have accountability for your actions and your inactions. What didn't you do? So getting back, getting back, I'm running around, and, and which wasn't smart. I was, I was in denial. And then we finally, I mean, the governor was right. Our California governor was right. Shut it down. And shutting it down just slows the spread. Wearing a mask slows the spread. doesn't stop it. doesn't stop it totally, but at least it gets the numbers down so the hospitals and those, God bless them, who work there aren't over, overstrained, running out of supplies, running out of PPE. For goodness sakes. And everybody goes through this, ladies and gentlemen. And, 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 and I've read a lot of books and it says, if you have had a troubled childhood, if your parents went through a divorce, if something traumatic happened in the first, you know, 12 to 15 years, it actually builds up your psychological immune system so you can deal with things. I had a dear friend of mine. Uh, we went to uh, paramilitary, uh, uh, par- uh, was it jump school or one of those uh, uh, paramilitary courses. And I think his name was uh, uh, Rick Arnold. And he was tall. He was like six foot two, jet black hair, olive skin, flashed a smile. Girls just swooned all over him. Guys like me just wanted to be with him because he was like super cool. He would do one thing and do it perfect. He lift up a weight, bam, he'd bulge with muscles. Everything about him was just, wow. And, and, and in these military courses, when you get there, you know, it's called dress the line, dress the right dress, they call it. And the instructor walks down and waves a finger in your face and shouts obscenities and da-da-da-da-da-da. And he goes to, to Rick. He says, oh, look at you, pretty boy. Aren't you pretty? Look at you. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Just dressing him down. Oh, look at your hair. You're just so nice. Oh, you think you got muscles? Just ripping him. And then he goes to me, and I'm a little bit shorter. Hey, four eyes. Hey, you skinny little guy. You don't deserve to be in my course. Da-da-da-da-da-da. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> I almost like, Really? Really? Is that the best you got? Come on, I can give you some zingers. Come on, come on, bring it. And all these courses, they say the same thing. You're the worst. Uh, you're the worst filth I've ever seen. The worst group I've ever seen. Oh, get out of my sight! You've got five minutes to set up for your next evolution. Go. You know, you got to break down or change clothes or do certain things. And I remember doing something with my little pack, a backpack, putting things in or changing things out. And Bill was, uh, was, uh, was still standing. Mr. Arnold was still standing. And he was like, <laughs> starting to cry. Like, like, wow. And I remember thinking to myself, dude, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. I mean, that was my thought now. I mean, <laughs> I, that was before the movie came out, of course. But psychologically, and he didn't make the course. DOR, drop on request. He had never fallen down before. This beautiful man, great family, big Italian family. He never, he never had a, a real crisis. This was his crisis. He just didn't want to get yelled at. I mean, I just shut it off. I can look right through you, a thousand, I mean, a thousand miles there, whatever it's called. Bam, bring it. 
But here's, we all go through that one way or another. I think for me, I was, again, as I related in the first show, everything that happened to me or against me happened at the right time, the right sequence. The first four years is, is those bonding years, those years of gaining trust with parents. The first eight years is your psychological makeup. Where are you in the world, your self-esteem, how you think the world looks at you. That's really important. Now, here's a story for you. As you know, my situation started before kindergarten. Everybody knew about it. The neighbors knew about it. The teachers knew about it. I mean, the classroom students. I mean, I was was a target. I had a bullseye on my back. But this started for me before kindergarten, so before the age of five. I I always knew that I was always afraid of, of my mother. That my mother would act differently when father was home, which is normal. When my father was gone at work, he was a a firefighter in San Francisco, B-flight. Worked 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And so when my dad was home, my mom would put on, you know, do uh, do it up brown, as we call it. Put on a nice dress, make up the hair, everything about it. She floated across the floor. And she was a lovely mother. The best cook in the world. Den mother, extraordinaire, the perfect garden. Everything about it was so, 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 so perfect. OCD perfect. When my father was away, you know, she she just sometimes was was almost in a state of depression. You know what I know now. She would wear a, 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 a like a, a evening gown or, or a nightgown, and 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 this frumpled pink robe, thick pink robe, and just sit on the couch, lay on the couch. We didn't know at the time, but she was probably drinking in the morning, afternoon, and so forth. But she was as different as night and day. So I was always afraid of my mom, and I was always afraid when father was at work. And this is at age four. Uh, around age four to five, one Sunday afternoon when my father was away, by accident, she was drunk, and she was wobbling, and she grabbed me. And by accident, she almost slipped backwards. And by accident, she pulled my arm out of the socket. I'll never forget the sucking, popping sound. And refused to take me to the hospital. And that's another story about maybe denial or about cover-ups. Trying to cover up a cancer that everybody knows is there. So now at age four to age eight, I'm the family slave. I'm invisible. She tells my brothers that I'm a bad boy. Don't end up like David, who's a very, very bad boy. Otherwise, I'll treat you like the boy. So notice I go from David to boy. My mommy was beautiful and gorgeous, and somehow she's slipping away from me. I cannot chase her approval enough. I can't do the dishes enough. I can't scrub the toilet bowl fast enough for her. I can't do anything enough. to. I, I'm trying to figure out a, a linear childlike formula to get my mommy to love me again so I can be worthy of being a member of the family. By now, I'm sleeping in the basement army cot. I have to sit in the basement when the family's eating dinner. Uh, uh, I sit on top of my hands in the base of the stairs. My head is against a, a nail. That's one of the reasons why I don't have the best posture because I lean forward too much. I have slump. I, I slump. That's my responsibility. But this one situation changed everything. Now, I've always said, and I strongly believe, if there's a bad situation, there might, might, maybe, maybe some, something can, can become better. We can gain something from it. 
I, I was doing an interview uh, the other day, and 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 I stopped the interview. The lady interviewing me, I said, "You know what we did on Fourth of July? I worked. A, I worked. A, I'm a firefighter at uh, where I reside at uh, North Sonoma Coast, the Sea Ranch, and then I, I'm also a firefighter down at my beloved Russian River, Monterio area." And this 4th of July, and that's why I saw people going to the beach. No one's wearing a mask. They are social distancing, which is great. But, you know, it's just, that's just the way it was. And I took some of the firefighters out for lunch. And we sat outside. And there was a second, like, we didn't say anything. We looked around and smiled at everybody else, and we all just nodded. Yeah, we're all outside eating lunch. Wow, let's take a picture. So sometimes when something bad happens, ladies and gentlemen, please look for those nuggets, those pebbles, those stones. Turn them over. There might be something in there that you can use in your life to give you a sense of appreciation. So let's go back to the story. I'll never forget it. It was Wednesday. I'm eight years old. My father's gone at work, but I'm, I'm jazzed because uh, I, I, I run home. And uh, back in my day, you had school clothes and you had play clothes. You switched out immediately. So I'm, 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 I'm running down the hallway. I'm thinking, okay, it's Wednesday. It's Boy Scout Day. My two brothers are already in their little meeting. They got picked up at school. I ran home. And uh, I, this one lady, if I remember, she either made cookies or cake. And at the end of our little, you know, meeting, whatever we had to do, you know, she'd give us some candy or a cake or something. I was really looking forward to that. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I remember just breezing down the hallway, and I was, I was commanded to stop, turn around, and I know that this, this meeting is not going to happen. And this happens to me all the time. Whenever I expect something, work hard for something, it just doesn't work out. And I enter the kitchen. My mother's in her robe. I didn't know at the time, uh, 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 drinking water, funny, smelly water. It was vodka. Mom used to drink uh, straight vodka. And she's just in the bag. And this is how conditioned I was. When I address mother, I have to stand perfectly straight. My chin is glued to my chest. My arms are glued to my side. She'll snap her finger once. I'm allowed to look up above the bust but below the eyes. I am not allowed to make eye contact unless instructed to do so with another snap. And I'm not allowed to talk whatsoever unless instructed to do so. So I am totally Pavlov's dog. I'm totally conditioned. This is norm. And I'll just never forget, she picks up this paper and, 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 and almost like an asp, a snake with the tongue talking. I read a story today. I read a story today in the paper about a mother who burned her boy on a gas stove. And I just, I don't remember for sure, but I think I just like urinated on myself a bit. The way she said it, Looking at the paper, looking at me, I, I, and I was frozen. I was so scared. I was absolutely frozen. And of course, inside, you know, my blood pressure is going through the roof. My heart is just beating out of his chest. I can barely hear her because I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just in denial. I'm frozen. I, I'm, I don't know the word to say. And this is normal. This happens all the time. And then she goes on to say something effective that I have made, you've made my life a living hell. I'm going to show you what hell is all about. And she just 
scoots out from behind the, 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 the little breakfast table. Then, pardon me, back in the day, they had like a little, uh, uh, you know, seating area and, and, and a table, you know, around it. And she jumps up, grabs my arm, turns on the stove, and she holds my arm just above the stove. And have you ever, like in a barbecue, uh, you, you throw on too much lighter fluid? We've all done that. And then you throw a match and woof. And the first thing that happens is you smell something. It's because your hairs are all burnt. That's the first thing I remember was the hair is burning. And she lifted my arm up just a little bit more. But she kept it there. I, 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 I always say like 50 seconds or 57. I don't know why I remember. I don't know why. But it was like about a minute. And the first thing I do, I'm feeling it and I'm burning. And, and, and I'm trying to get, she had like a huge, my mom was a tomboy. She was a strong lady. And I couldn't get away from her grip. And then I was screaming, just screaming, blood curling, screaming. And, and my thought process at the time was, you know, I, I actually thought if I screamed enough, her ears would fall off. I mean, I'm just a kid. I don't know these things. And yet, in deep down inside, what I was really doing, ladies and gentlemen, I was screaming to wake up mommy. To wake up my beautiful, loving mommy. My mommy that I used to remember running into her arms and she'd hold me. She used to hold me and kind of rock me for a second. And sometimes uh, uh, when she would tell us little bedtime stories when I was very young, you know, you always wanted to be by mommy's chest because she would just, you know, hold you. You know, she'd hold you in her arms and kind of rock you a little bit. Mom told me many years later that when she was sick, sickly, I would sing her Christmas tunes, which I don't remember doing. No matter what time of year it was, I would seen her being Crosby Christmas tunes, ba 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 boom, being Dean Martin, da 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 do, and and make her feel better. But I'm screaming to have my mommy wake up. I just want this thing to end. And she doesn't, and she finally lets go. I think she has another, you know, another drink, and I'm on the floor just crying, and 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 I can't touch my arm; it hurts, and 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 I I I, I just don't know. I'm a ball. I'm jello. And then she announces that she wants me to take off my clothes and lay it down on the gas stove for her. And the stupidest thing I did is I started taking off my shoes and my socks and my shirt and my pants and in my disgusting underwear briefs. And I remember looking at the gas stove and I actually visualized myself on the gas stove burning. Now, I'm going to stop for just a second here, and you know this. If you can visualize something before it happens, the brain will lead you in that direction. That's why I don't like these motivational speakers. If you can think it, you can do it, and it's already done. Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. It takes a lot more than that. But that's the process, the basic process. I always give the example, if you tell yourself you're, tell yourself you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. If you tell yourself, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be sick, guess what? You're probably going to be sick. So that's why you got to put positive input and flush out the negative or purge out the negative, I say. So now I strip down to my clothes. I'm standing in position of a dress. I'm a little embarrassed because I'm an eight-year-old boy almost naked in front of my mom. But I just sniffle and I, I can barely put my, my, my right arm against my side because obviously it's, 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 it's burnt and little blisters or it's just sore, red, I don't know. And, and, and here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. I think 
if I remember correctly, I think I just kind of, as I was like, you know, crying physically and mentally, I think I took, <laughs> took in a deep breath. I always tell people, good news or bad news, go slow. Slower, we do this in the fire department. Slower is faster. Slower is better. Don't go running into a room. You know, like, you know, you want to, I always tell people when I was in the military, never enter a situation unless you know how you're getting out of it first. That's a good business aspect. So I think I took a deep breath. And for some reason, I just felt a little bit better, less lightheaded, just less scared. I was very scared, but just a little bit less scared. And for some reason, I remember looking at the kitchen clock above the doorway, the entrance to the kitchen. And I swear to God, it said like 10 minutes to four. My mind just went into overdrive. Beautiful mind. Boom. Connect those dots. Four o'clock. My brother Ronald comes home from his, uh, his Boy Scout meeting precisely on the dot. Four o'clock. And mother, not mommy, mother never acts as bizarre. She never acts as crazy. This is, a, this is a secret. This is Pandora's box. We don't open up Pandora's box. This was the mantra at the time. And I don't know what it was, ladies and gentlemen. I just came up with a plan. There's, there's a movie, um, World War Z with Brad Pitt. Now, when I was a kid, the zombies were George Romero zombies, Night of the Living Dead zombies. They, they, they walked like half a mile a day. I mean, if you got caught by one of those zombies, you deserve to be eaten. Okay, I'm just saying. But World War Z zombies, they're hyper-fast. They're like they're, they're Olympic runners. They're crazy. They run like a 1,000 miles an hour, these zombies. And Brad Pitt's character says something that, 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 that is good, that you can put in your backpack. Put this nugget in your backpack. Movement is life. Movement is life. You've got to keep moving. What did I say in the other show? A good quote from our friend Winston Churchill. When you're going through hell, you just keep going. Do something, I tell people. may not be what you want. may not solve all the problems, but at least try something. Something. Anything. My plan was simple. I'm going to steal time. I got to steal 10 minutes worth of time. So what I did, I just kind of took like a half step backwards without her really knowing. So when she goes to attack me, because she likes to hit me, she's going to have to take a half step forward. So she hits me, I fall down. I'm supposed to take one second to stand up, position of address, and I take three seconds to stand up. I take another half step back. And then I committed the ultimate crime, ladies and gentlemen. I looked her in the eye and cried, what did I do, do, do? Because I stuttered so horribly. I wasn't allowed to speak, so I stuttered, particularly when I was nervous. What did I do, 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 do wrong? I did, do, 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 I didn't... Uh, you know, and as she's going on about me, she saw me playing on the school grass. And I remember her saying, rolling on the grass like a dog in heat. And I didn't understand what that meant. And I thought to myself, no, look at my pants. There's no grass on my pants or shirt. It's an obvious mistake. But, you know, she's way past that. I was always looking to fix things as soon as possible. And she hits me. This continues. I fall to the floor. She berates me. You know, I cried, da-da-da, da-da-da. I was praying that the gas stove would just run out of fuel, <laughs> run out of gas. And I'll never forget this, ladies and gentlemen. Remember we talked about it? The luck of life. The luck of life. By chance, by mere luck, my brother came home about five minutes to four. 
I'll never forget, it's the, the, the door just swings open, the front door swings open, and the blood just drains from my mother's, my mother's face. Now she's, oh my God, we're going to get caught. So she, she the, the, the front door's in the other room, you know, there's the dividers and so forth. And I think my brother maybe plopped down to watch TV, whatever. So instantly, in a flash, mother grabs me, grabs my clothes. Uh, we go from the kitchen to a small hallway, and then right in front of that is, is a door that leads to the basement. And she kind of kicks me down the stairs. I, you know, bounce down the stairs into a ball. I know how to do that. And I get dressed. And, and then, oh, just my sweetheart. Oh, oh, look at you. Oh, you got a little ribbon. You're the best Boy Scout in the world. You're my special guy. Oh, hugs and kisses for, for Ronald. He probably doesn't even know to this day that he saved me. They say in crisis situations, a death or let's say abuse, that the siblings are closer or they're kind of just dispersed. With my family, it's the latter, which I, I can understand. But I get dressed in the basement and, and I don't know what it is. For the first time, I start bubbling up and crying. I mean, actually just crying. Like I try to do the chores on time. I try to be really good. I try not to steal food because I'm really hungry. And I'm not, not, I'm not the reason why you and dad fight. And I'm not the antichrist. And I just cry and cry and cry. And it's called purging, ladies and gentlemen, purging. And we can talk more about that later. But it's so important to purge. When you, when you get sick, you vomit. You don't vomit a little bit. You vomit it all this bile out of your system. Do you ever notice when you do that, you're hungry afterwards because you got all this crap out of your system? Psychologically, I think we let out a little bit here and a little bit there, but we don't really get to the core of the purge. And we'll talk about that later. That would be a good story. And I actually had a date one time, a very, very nice date with a lady who purged. That's a good story. Well, it's, I love to tell a good story. But I'm in the bottom of the basement and I'm crying. And I did the stupidest thing you can do. I licked my right arm. I licked it. From uh, the palm of my hand all the way to my bicep, I just lick, 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 which was the stupidest thing you can do. You get their salt, uh, whatever, and it just, oh, oh, so I can't do that again. And then I came up with another breath. I thought, if I can feel my arm, it means... I'm not dead, which means I'm alive. Oh my gosh, I bought five minutes worth of time. I did this. I did this. I beat her. I manipulated. I beat her. And it was just an epiphany. I love movies because, you know, you see the arc of the characters and the character development and situations and so forth. And there's a beautiful movie about a very spoiled child in the South, Scarlett O'Hara. And, and, and things are going bad in the Civil War. It's affecting her. It's finally got to her plantation, you know. And she's digging in the dirt, and she's eating radishes, and she doesn't like this because she's used to having servants and all the bows on their knees trying to get her coffee, cake. What can we get you, Scarlett? Oh, Scarlett, I'm your bow. I love you so much. I mean, it's, it's really, it's an epic story. There's so many levels to that story. And there's a very poignant scene in which she's on her knees, her hair is all frumpled and she's all, you know, her hands are torn. They're a little bit bleedy because she's doing work finally. And she says, as God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. Now, she did anything she could to, to, to get money to save uh, the plantation and her, her estate and so forth. But that's a good line. Ladies and gentlemen, when the fit hits the shan, what will you do? 
will you be in that denial? Are you going to be the bargaining? You're going to be in denial? Are you going to accept it and just go for it? Take that chance. Do something. Life is movement. You know what I did, ladies and gentlemen? I remember taking the the, the, the pledge, the, the, the Cub Scout pledge. You know, we, we take an, uh, an oath of enlistment when we serve in the military. It's a huge thing for us, and we mean every word we say. Defend against uh, our enemies, foreign and domestic, domestic, to do the best job we can be, to always be out there ready. And at eight years old, I'll never forget this, ladies and gentlemen, I stood up. I physically stood up for myself. I raised my right arm. And you have to understand, again, blisters from the palm of the hand all the way to my bicep. And I was crying. It was so painful. And I remember saying something effect like this. I said, as God is my, I said, I, I prayed to God that I would never quit. And from this day forward, I would do anything I can to find a way to make it work. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. Psychologically, I call it crawl on glass. You're bleeding and you're on glass and you keep crawling. You keep doing. You take it. Everybody takes a hit, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody is bullied. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got heartache. Some more than others. But it's what you do with it. Yes, there's going to be anger. Yes, there's going to be denial. Yes, you're going to bargain. Yes, we're all going to get depressed. But we have to accept our fate so we can make a better change for ourselves and others around us. That's why this virus is so critical. We've got to do better. Now, we know the virus is out there, and we know we can't change it. We know we can't stop it for now, but we can slow it down by being logical and common sense attitude. I knew at age eight I couldn't stop the mother. I called her the mother now because my mommy is gone, and I have to accept it. And ladies and gentlemen, it, it didn't change a lot. She still beat me. I still got stabbed. I still uh, was starved for a period of, what, seven days? At least seven days without one morsel of food, so I stole water. When she beats me, I would curl up into a ball and learn kinesiology. Uh, when she didn't feed me, I would try to steal food as best I can. And when she caught me, I'd steal another way. I'd steal from the bottom of garbage cans. When she laced it with ammonia or Clorox, I'd put wax paper over the stolen food. Duh. I just did what I had to do. That's my secret. I'm amazed that people are amazed. How do single moms do it? There's a grandmother out there who raised seven kids. Seven kids. And she put them through college. I'm like, my God, that's so beautiful. How'd you do it? Out of my way, I just do what I got to do, and I got to do what I got to do for the now. Boom, that's it. Some answers are very simple. Life is never fair. Life is hard. And growing old ain't for wimps, particularly in this day and age. But with movement, there's life. Do something. I don't care if, 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 if you wear the mask maybe for two hours rather than four hours, do that. If you feel you want to go out 20 times a week, maybe, maybe, maybe back it off to five. Please do small little things. Does that make sense, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen? This one thing at age eight changed my entire life. When I was in foster care, when I had issues, which I had a lot, because I'm in a new world, I just went back. If I can do that, I can do this. When I first joined the military, 
it was a grind. I was in the swamps of Florida as a cook. If you're about to do a, a, a be discharged, disarmable discharge, that's where they kept you for the next 30, 60 days before you out process. And this is my beginning. But I mustered through. I wanted it more. That's the line. You have to want it more. You have to work on those relationships every single day. You got you, you got to you, you got to be on your kids' butt as teenagers. You got you're not there to be their BFFFF. No, you got to crack down on them. Let them know this is the family standard. We're different. You're not going to do ABC. You're going to be polite and kind and be nice. Be good. Be good. In a job, it doesn't matter how good you were last week or how much money you made last year. You got to earn your stripes every single day. Life is movement. And it's always the small little things, ladies and gentlemen, but you have to commit, which means you have to accept your situation. That's why a lot of people don't know this. We were supposed to lose World War II. We were ill-prepared for it. But everybody, we accepted our fate basically overnight. We, 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 we had a plan. That didn't work. We had a plan within a plan, military plans. Everybody got together. And we just did what we had to do. It wasn't easy, but every day we had to commit to that. When you fight cancer, you don't do it willy-nilly. You want to talk about denial, denial and bargaining and depression and finally accepting and fighting cancer? Man, that's something. I cannot imagine that. So all I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you're going through right now, take a deep breath. You know, in the military, we kind of say, suck it up. Mind over matter. I don't mind because this crap just don't matter. Get through it. Get through it as best as you can. Go through the motions. Be angry. Yes, maybe you bargain a little bit. Maybe you take care of yourself with a little, if you're depressed. Take care of yourself. Build up your resistance. But at the end of the day, please come to that bridge of acceptance. Some bridges are longer. Some of, the, some of them are a bridge too far. But if you can do that... This will help your output. This will help your life's perspective. I truly, truly, truly believe that. All right. Well, I appreciate you listening to that. I know that wasn't an easy story. And you may have to listen to it again, just kind of break it down on how it relates to you. But I really appreciate you, you giving me your time and trust because it's, 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 it's the older I get, ladies and gentlemen, I still can't believe I'm here. I owe so many people, which is one of the reasons why I want to do a show like this. And my hopes, sincere hopes, that you can get something out of it. All right. So with that, let's do some housekeeping really quick before we wrap up. If you have any questions, ladies and gentlemen, please go to my website, Dave Pelzer, P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. And there's a little banner and what have you, and you click it in there. If you have a question or maybe a comment, if you have a question, we might, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say your first name, not your last name for your privacy, where you're from. Like this is George from uh, 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 Sun City, Dana Point, California, you know, and, and, and we might actually wrap a show around you or around the situation. I also want to take time to thank our very good friend, Mr. Pat Matheny. He does our opening and closing music. And if you looked at the, uh, the books, uh, the, 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 the story books, uh, the, the, tr the trilogy itself, you notice at the very end I always give, a, there's a theme music, a theme piece. And, and Pat has is, 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 is really inspired me, and we use his music in, in the books. But Mr. Pat Metheny is a gentleman, as you know, I think he has 20 Grammys and 36 or 38 nominations. 
just a very private man, a beautiful man. We want to thank him and his staff for allowing us to uh, use his music. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like to do is, uh, I'll, let, me, let, let me be a little non-serious for a second. Here's something to write down, or here's something for your backpack. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, remember when the fit hits the shan, if you can't do anything, just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. And keep on trucking. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, in the journey of life, be of service, be of good cheer. Do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Dave Pelzer, speaking to you in my own voice. Saving America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. So until next time, good day, good luck, and as always, God bless. <laughs>